folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Morning Left Guard. Matthew Collar and former Minnesota Viking Jeremiah Searles on a beautiful Tuesday morning where you and I are sitting waiting till Wednesday to watch some National Football League. I think that's how the song goes, right? Waited all week for Wednesday afternoon to watch Steelers and Ravens. Is that Noth- how it goes? Nothing like, a, nothing like a nice 340 kickoff as you're eating your turkey sandwich for lunch on a Wednesday, just hoping that the day is over because you're two steps closer to the weekend. So, you know, <laughs> why not? And don't get to watch anyone good play either. Mark Andrews is out. Lamar Jackson's out. I don't, Gus Edwards is going to carry the ball a hundred times. So who knows, dude? It, it could be an absolute dumpster fire, but it's still at least NFL, and I have to watch Maction. So that's it, wait, wait. I'm not a Maction. Let us not besmirch not, the Maction. No. Tuesday night Maction is unreal. You have no, no. idea what's going to happen. Any, it was actually like the Vikings and Carolina <laughs> Panthers, where literally each team tries to lose it for 60 straight minutes, and then whoever has the ball last screws up, and the other team wins. That's how it goes. Uh, on the big picture, as I was reviewing the tape. Um, I was just sad inside. I mean, this this game had so many mistakes that it really was like a maxion. And even though the Vikings win and in the big picture, you're five and six, you're right in that playoff race. Like The middling teams of the NFL are not middling. They are bad. And the Vikings are bad. And the Panthers are bad. And they just kept batting each other back and forth um, until someone finally screwed up at the end. And a very, very makeable 54-yard field goal by the Panthers. So I, you tell me where you want to start with this. Because from a pure entertainment standpoint, um, it was probably like a wild ride and a roller coaster for fans who watched it from a reviewing it and trying to look for good football things. It was a little painful. So is, is there a place, a play that you want to start with? I know you, you threw it out there to Twitter yeah. to ask for breakdowns. So where do you want to begin with this thing? Dude, let's, let's, let's start with, let's start with the good, which is for Vikings at least, which is the Kendricks pick. Right, like so. That's a that's a great play. First of all, Kendrick has eyes in the back of his head, and you can't convince me otherwise. Like his pick 
last week where he literally didn't even look at the guy one time. He just knew off of film study, like, okay, this guy's going to be right behind me and just dropped straight back into the ball. It was incredible. This week, you can tell the same thing. He knew exactly what route was coming. He knew exactly where it was coming. He dropped back. He saw the first crosser, and he goes, yep. And the freaking running back over there for Carolina got little alligator arms and was like, I don't want to get hit, and just stopped, and boom, interception by Kendricks. Great play by him. One thing I did notice, Zimmer didn't blitz as much as he usually did this game. I didn't see as many blitzes. He liked to line up in it, right? You see the double mug. Harrison walked up on the edge, and then, like, right before the snap, they'd all bail. And then the one time that they did, which we'll get into a little bit later, Fadio Dingabo tried to chase down Robbie Anderson, which is never going to happen. So, um, But I think that was a really good play to start with. I looked at it. We didn't get a ton of pressure on Teddy all day um, unless we blitzed. But Eric Kendricks, man, is an all-pro, and he better be the all-pro middle linebacker this year or else it's, a, it's an absolute hatchet job by the NFL. By pro football focus metrics, by the way, he is number one in, as a cover linebacker, and mm-hmm. he's number three overall. So another Who's year ahead of him, him? Uh, I'll have to check. Uh, but it just, I mean, another year of him playing elite, elite football. And what's been really cool with him is that, you know, when you watched even in 2016, 2017, it's like, this guy is a really good player. Um, but it's just continued to go up to where he has become not just a good player, but a superstar Mm -hmm. in the league and on a weekly basis. I think there's more value to an elite linebacker than a lot of other positions. Um, Bobby Wagner and and Miles Jack are the only guys who are ahead of him. I would put, I would, I would put, uh, oh my gosh, the kid from San Francisco is having an unbelievable year. Fred Warner is fit. Fred Warner, okay, I would say he's he's playing really good ball too. I think Bobby Wagner's really good. I think he gets a little overhyped at times. He's a thumper now, but mm-hmm. I think Kendricks is playing better ball than him this year at least. Well, so there's the grade and then there's the value. And, and the thing with Bobby Wagner yes. is he has a great run defense grade. He has a great pass rush grade, which he's done a lot of, and Kendricks obviously does less of that. But Kendricks is number one in coverage, which to me is by far the most valuable thing you can do. A lot of linebackers can create pressure when it's schemed up for them. There's nothing special you have to do as a linebacker other than just follow the rules that you're asked to do uh, to get pressure. And then it's whether they block you or not. A lot of times. I mean, sometimes you smoke a a running back. But when it's coverage, the NFL is just running crossers and mesh concepts and all those things all the time with play action. When you have that guy who can cover that much ground and is as as smart as he is, and then can make plays on the ball. I mean, it's the reason that they've been able to keep themselves in games despite not being able to cover or pressure. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a great segue there, Matt. You didn't even know about linebackers scheming up hits into the Kirk Cousins fumble. Mm. The Kirk Cousins fumble, which was just a pure disaster to start with. I mean, there was there was nothing good that came from that, obviously. But Again, you talk about scheming it up. Well, that was Shaq, like Shaq, Shaq Thompson, right? I think that's his name. Yep. He, I played with him. He's a thumper. Again, he's not as athletic as Kendrick is, but he's a ball hawk, right? He's around the ball a lot. And so they lined up, and I know you guys wanted me to break this down, so I'll kind of just run it through you real quick. So they line up in a five-down set. They got three defensive linemen over the center of the left guard and the left tackle. And then they have Shaq Thompson over the right guard, and then they have the right tackle, um, the right end over the right tackle there. And all they did is run a very simple nose linebacker stunt. So what they did is they had the nose guard over Garrett go pick Brett Jones. Big guy. Love Brett. Big Brett fan. And then they had the guy Shaq Thompson just take two steps up the field, get Brett to sink a little bit, and then just wrap around the other A-gap coming around the left side of Garrett. Problem is Garrett didn't flatten the penetrator at all. If you want to stop a stunt, I mean, Ronnie Staley were going back and forth on this on Twitter this week about 
how do you stop a stunt? Whose fault is it on the stunt? A, number one, if you're ever going to watch a stunt and you're like, oh, that guy got beat, it's whoever doesn't flatten the penetrator. There's always a penetrator and a looper. Garrett Bradbury did not flatten the penetrator. He just kind of laid his healing hands on him and allowed him to go pick Brett Jones in the cor- in the shoulder and then tried to come off late to get back to the looper, and that's 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 a cardinal sin. If you don't flatten the penetrator, you can't leave the down lineman because he's going to get to the quarterback first because he's going to split the two guys. So because you see Dalvin Cook tries to come over and slide over and save them and try and kind of stand in the A-gap and take the hit, and he would have, but the problem was he hit Brett in the shoulder, pinned his, pinned his left shoulder, Garrett opened the gate, and then just left to go back to the linebacker, which left the D lineman free, and he just ran up and hit Kirk, and Kirk had no shot where he was holding the ball down low for whatever reason. I think he was going to try and, like, spin out or do something escape-wise, and he hit him and just ended up fumbling the ball. But that's all because of just a very simple, like you said, a scheme thing. When you're blocking a linebacker as a def- as an offensive lineman, you like to kind of give them a lot of space because you know there's a wiggle guy, and you want to almost invite him, like, hey, run into my chest. Like, just, just run into me. Just don't wiggle around me. Just, just run into me. And so I think that Brett, the combination of Brett backing off the ball and then Garrett also kind of backing off the ball and not making a stand a little sooner, really just put him on two different levels, which if you're trying to pass up a stunt is impossible to try and do, which allowed them to split and go hit Kirk and cause that fumble. And guess what? That's another Pandora's box thing that opened that we're going to see more of now until we can show that we stopped it. So it's uh, I wonder about with um, Bradbury and the pass protection, just he's made some progress, I think, but at the same time, and going back to the PFF grades, they got him 30th out of 32 in pass protection this year, and I think that it's fair. In the last couple of weeks, he's really struggled. He still gets overpowered at times and gets driven back into the quarterback, and I think we've reached the point where I'm willing to say, I don't think he's ever going to be even an average pass protector without a, a lot of gains. Like when you're at the bottom, it's very hard to get to good. I mean, maybe average, but at the middle end of year two, you're not average. And he's like, what, 25 or 26 years old now. It's like, that's probably just not going to happen. And teams who attack that effectively uh, are having success. And I think that's the case here. I also love how you broke down because it looks in fast motion and then on the slow motion to replay like it's a Brett Jones disaster, especially because Brett Jones is sort of <laughs> jumping back yeah. toward Kirk, which I, I said that's the right guard statue for like the Mike Zimmer era of offensive line is an offensive lineman jumping at the quarterback. But uh. um, yeah, I thought when you looked back at it, and this is why, you know, whoever was grading it for PFF gave that play to Bradbury and mm-hmm. not to Jones because it, it was that. And I think any team, if they could cover a little against the Vikings, if you can attack that middle, it still causes major problems. And the answer to with Kirk, like Kirk just fumbles. I mean, this is, it is it is a feature, not a bug with Kirk. Like this has always been a thing that if you hit him, he probably will fumble at some point. And it sort of speaks to the weaknesses that this team still has, especially if someone can create some pressure on Cousins, which the rest of the day Carolina didn't do a great job of, but they certainly changed the game there. Yeah, I mean, th- that's the that's the blueprint on Cousins, right? Get pressure in his face. I mean, that's been on that's been the blueprint on him since D or when he was in the the Washington football. The team, Washington, yeah. Right? I want to like, call them like we should just make up names to call them when they come up. Like I'll call them the Sharks, the Washington Sharks. I'm gonna go with the Red Wolves. Okay, so, Red Wolves. All right. That was when he was with the Red Wolves out there in Washington. <laughs> but uh, 
you know, you know that's that's what you got to do. And I think that with how good the tackles are playing, which they are, I think I think O'Neal and Riley are playing good. They got beat a couple times this week. Nothing like, but they're not getting ran around the edges, right? Like they're they're doing a nice job out there. So teams are seeing that and scheming up. Okay, DNs, we're just going to kind of let you work out there, and if you beat them, great. Where we're going to put our schemes and where we're going to put our our wrinkles is on those middle three. We're going to go after Dozier, Bradbury, and whoever's playing right guard, right? I mean, we've had three guys in there now. So it's also, that's another piece to the passing off of the stunts. Like, you can do it in practice over and over and over and over again, but you don't have a lot of synergy with that guy next to you and Bradbury because you haven't played a ton with him. So you don't really know, like, okay, is Jones behind me? Is he level with me? Where's he at? Is he so like, that's a big piece too. So much, you have to have so much synergy on an offensive line. The five guys got to trust each other, know where they're at, know where they're each step, each foot's going to be. And because we played three, four guys at right guard already, there's just not a lot of chemistry there between those two. You have to give um, Kirk some credit for running with the football for a couple oh, yeah. of first downs. And, uh, you know, you played with Cam Newton. I thought it looked exactly the same. Not and... at all. <laughs> you, you couldn't be wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. He is – Kirk is more towards the – Kirk is getting older now and looking more like the Phillip Rivers running the football. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Cam Newton running the football. If we're going to put – we're going to put it on a side there because when Philip runs the football, like <gasps> you kind of hold your breath, <laughs> right. like, like, cause you think he's going to die. Like you think someone's just going to declete him and like baby deer and fall down. So he's definitely getting up there an age where when Kirk runs, you hold your breath a little bit. I'm not sure it was ever an age thing. It was <laughs> like, there's a uh, athletic and that there is, it was actually at some point. Now this was a funny thing. Because in the off season, if we asked Kirk what he was working on in terms of his improvement, he would always say his running. And I'm like, A, I don't know how you really work on it. It's like, do it or don't. And uh, second, like, oh, okay, it's the perfect criticism of himself to not right. really reveal what you right. know, he's working on. But, uh, you know, I guess maybe he was telling us the truth. I also think there was um, one quote, and I wish I could remember it exactly, but he said something like, I'm a good enough athlete to do it. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Not really, but but I will say that in recent weeks, the way that he's moved around and thrown the football on the move has been, I think, better than I've ever seen him since he's been a Viking. I, I would agree, and I think that the emergence of Justin Jefferson being a superstar, which, by the way, can we put to, can we put to bed now how people were so upset that Diggs has left? Because I think that both people are happy with the fact that Buffalo is extremely happy in what they got in Stephon Diggs, exactly what they needed for a guy up there, right? Veteran, leader, young quarterback, be a stud, cool. And then they go draft, basically with Buffalo's pick, Justin Jefferson, and who is basically exactly what Diggs was as a young player, probably better than even what Diggs was as a young player to go there. So so no more yelling about Diggs being gone and all that. I, I want that to go away, first of all. But So I think that really is helping out Cousins a lot. Um, I think Kubiak scheming for two number one wide receivers back to which Jefferson when Thielen is in there is helping Kirk out a lot. And that, again, we talked about the trust on the offensive line. There's a lot of trust between Kirk and his receivers right now. You're seeing it where he's not afraid to let it rip because he knows his guys are going to be in the right position. And a lot of times when Kirk is hesitant or not thrown it down the field, I think none of that has to do with can he do it. We all know he can. Is Does he trust the guy to be there so it's not an interception? Or does he trust the guy to run the over route at 18 and not 15 so it's not an overthrow? You know what I mean? Like You're starting to see more of that, which is exactly what you want to see at this point in the season. You just wish we could have got here a little sooner. But a lot of that had to do with no OTAs, no preseason, blah, 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 blah. But 
you got to get there. And, and so it's good to see them making that progress and getting there. And again, Kirk is playing lights out. You you can't you can't say oh this song yeah he still has his mistakes. But you, you really want to whine about quarterbacks? Go watch the Broncos game. Just go watch the Broncos <laughs> game and then yeah. tell me how upset you are that the Kirk Cousins yeah. has a Viking. Or an Eagles game. My gosh. Oh, I mean, my gosh, I'm not sure dude. Carson Wentz looked much better than the practice squad receiver playing quarterback. Dude. I mean, it was. Wow. want to remind you to go to sodastick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. There are many great designs. Someone on Twitter recently sent their John Randall shirt, and there's the Can't Stop the Thielen hats, the Tecmo Bowl throwback shirt, and much more. All of their apparel is screen-printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. We're going to hook you up with free shipping on your next order. Use the code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That's S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K dot com. Soda Stick, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. Like, the, somebody made a great point. I think it was Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com who said, like, the ball never goes where he is aiming it. Like, it just it's just in wildly, insanely inaccurate all the time. I mean, there's all these excuses. The broadcast, my gosh. I mean, Dude, I was just about to say that when he's like, one time he's like, yeah, you got to put that ball in there. You got to zip it in there. Then he's like, oh, got to put more air under the ball. I was like, what is it, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah, make up your mind. That's been a struggle, I think, the <laughs> Monday Night Football. Since, I mean, Frank and Al and Dan, it's been a struggle. But it's this year's been rough. But they were, they were, oh, well, he doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have the other thing. Like, look, I watched Sam Bradford with a struggling offensive line still Easy. play competent NFL quarterback. You – you can't deny it was a struggling <laughs> offensive line in 2016, even if you were we part of it. We made it work, okay? <laughs> not, on the, not on the run game. But, yeah, uh, for for sure, though, like, he, he, was, he was accurate throwing the ball still, and he would, you know, find short passes and stuff. Like, even, their offensive line is terrible in Philadelphia. But mm. he looks like he's never played NFL quarterback. He was – I'm I, – I feel like I might be going over the top, but maybe not. He looked like Ben DiNucci the time that wow. Ben DiNucci started for the for the Cowboys. Wow. He looked completely lost. Just like he had no idea what was going on. And he has enough weapons, I think, to at least play competent NFL football in the NFC East. And it looks like the guy is a backup quarterback now at this point. I mean, so making thirty nine million cash. I was just say, do you do you bench your thirty nine million dollar quarterback for Jalen Hurts? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Do you? Is it the well, time? Is it time now? I mean, um, technically, you're still in the race for the division, which is unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know if you do bench him. I think so. I think you give Jalen Hurts a shot because this is not one year of Carson Wentz playing bad. This is one year of Carson Wentz playing good. And so, mm. you know, and, and in 2017, their team was so strong that Nick Foles can throw for 400 yards. So yeah. uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So anyway, that's why they pay a, you the big bucks. That's why that's they pay right. you. Um, the, Go subscribe. Back to, yeah, right. <laughs> and buy the book. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I'll get you a copy. So I need um, a copy. going back to what we were talking about, it is uh, really the way that Kirk has played uh, recently has been absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. What I would say is that you're always bracing for what's kind of coming because yeah. – I, I did a thing on the website, again, subscribe today, looking at his hot streaks throughout his career. Every single season, he has a hot streak where his quarterback rating over five or even six, seven games is like 120, and then he'll lead the league in picks over the next five <laughs> games. It's just kind of who Cousins is. So 
I've got one thing that I'm going to throw out there that Kirk Cousins can keep doing so his quarterback rating stays high. He continues to play well. That is throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph when you got any problems. He did it. He did it. Kyle Rudolph is not faster than you right now, and yet the ball comes near him, he will make the catch. And I thought, there you go, Kirk. It took Adam Thielen being out for you to actually do this, and guess what? Nine easy yards every time. Yeah, I mean, I I can remember a video when Kirk got to Minnesota of they're throwing Pat and go or something. And he threw a bit and he threw it to Kyle Rudolph and he goes, God, he was all mic'd up. Like, yeah, Lee, that's like thrown into a mattress, which is true. I mean, Kyle Rudolph, just, he catches everything. I did. I picked him up. I mean, I picked him up on fantasy this week. Cause I had a feeling. I just, I just had a <laughs> feeling and he came through clutch. He had some good points, but again, yeah, throw it to, he's a weapon, right? He's huge. He's an offensive tackle that can run a little bit better than most tackles. And so, yeah, just throw it to him, get some good checkdowns. And you know the other thing that you can do to keep his quarterback rating high? Keep handing the ball off to Dalvin Cook. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's true. But in this game, they actually did a good job of corralling Dalvin Cook and injuring him at one point. And so I, I thought that one of the – one of the things that I like to joke around with, but not really joking, is lean into the Kirk. Like, there's a lot of variance with Kirk Cousins, but the high end of it is really high. And so this game sort of showed you where if you do let him just throw a lot when you've got all these weapons, if he's not getting pressured, he's going to probably play really well. And mm-hmm. if he's going up against a coverage unit that's not any good and leaves Rasul Douglas one-on-one with Justin Jefferson in the red zone, because that's definitely what good coach teams do, is leave Justin Jefferson one-on-one with a not good player. I'll just, there it I is. mean, what are you doing? Uh, that goes back to what we were talking about. But I, I think that when they get into these games where the defense isn't playing particularly well, it's like lean into the Kirk because you're going to run yourself right into tough situations. If the other team even slightly slows down Delvin cook. Yeah. And that's the one thing you saw is I thought that our defense did a better job on first and second down than they have in the past few games of not, there weren't a lot of negative plays, but it was like two yards or three yards. It wasn't like, okay, now we're looking at second and four, second and three, like, so that did help. And kind of similar thing on our offense. If we didn't have a ton of third and 10 pluses, right? We weren't, we weren't every time behind the sticks. We got a couple times, but it wasn't like, okay, here's third and 22 again. Like, you know, like I thought that the offense did a nice job of staying on schedule. And I think to your point, that's because they did lean into the Kirk a little bit. They, they kind of let, okay, do your thing. We're starting to trust you a little more. You're trusting your receivers a little more. Like it's just a trickle down effect, right? Everyone starts to trust everyone a little bit more. So I think that if you guys can get Ezra Cleveland back, um, hopefully this week. I mean, I, I like that kid. I think he's, he was playing good ball before he got hurt. Um, nothing against Jones. It's just Ezra can give you a little bit more out there for athletic ability and the ability to kind of get out there and screens a little bit more. Um, get him back and I think sure up this unit a little bit. I, I think that there can be a little bit better of a run here than uh, we think of, we thought of initially. Let me get to that, but I don't want to forget you breaking down what happened on the Robbie Anderson touchdown because oh, we, we yes. sort of touched on it but didn't yes. give the full breakdown. And one thing that I, I noticed over the last two weeks is if a running back picks up a Zimmer blitz and does a good job on it, then the quarterback will have a chance to make a play. And Tony Pollard did that and Mike Davis did that on, on this play. But you usually don't see someone running with half the field um, just completely free in the NFL. That is a action type of thing. So what happened there? 
Yeah, so so it, it was classic Zimmer, right? He lines up with his, his two linebackers up in the A-gap. You got Harrison Smith walking around up on the defense's left side, and, and you see Teddy kind of look at it and go, okay, this is – this is a little different. This is this is this isn't the bailout. Like Teddy's seen that blitz a million times in training camp, right? Like he kind of knows body language of those guys, even if he didn't say it. Like, oh yeah, I remember it. He knows, and so you see him kind of motion over to the three trips set to his left, like say something, and then you see him kind of point at the running back and kind of nod forward, right? Like, hey, it's coming. Like, buckle up, and you see. Robbie Anderson, they fake a screen out to the left. Like, they fake a wide receiver screen, and then Robbie Anderson puts his foot in the ground and just bangs and hauls butt across the field. And, I mean, Afadi had no chance, right? I mean, you, yeah. you can't you can't look at Afadi and be like, come on, dude, cover that guy that runs a 4-4, like, at your 280 pounds running a 5-1. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not fair. And so hats off to Teddy for seeing it and then making the check to it. But our guy, Chris Jones, man. <laughs> At one point in time, you have to realize this dude's not just going to keep running out of Minneapolis Stadium <laughs> out into the middle of downtown. Like, you can turn around. Like, it, it, you can turn around at one point. It's going to be okay. And he just did it. Like, he just – he, he would have followed that dude in the locker room. I can't, If he would have ran into the tunnel, into the visiting locker room, he would have been right there on his hip staring at him the whole time. And so, like, he just never turns around, and Afadi's probably, like, yelling at him, like, hey, help, help. Like, you could actually see Harris. Like, Harris yeah. is waving his arms at him, like, <laughs> hey, over here. So, like, remind me, if there's ever a fire or, like, I'm drowning, <laughs> like, don't let me call for Chris Jones for help. <laughs> it's like a moth just following the flame. Just like, oh, yeah, it's so man. bad. Dude. I'm right on him. I'm right on so him. So bad. And then the last one I wanted to break down real quick. Everyone wanted to know what happened on the BB touchdown, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like the yeah. BB touchdown. And you know who's responsible for the BB touchdown is, is Jefferson. 100%. And, and it might not look like it, but if you go back and watch the tape, they're playing a little bit of a single high coverage. And Justin Jefferson's lined up on the right, Chad BB on the left. And Jefferson makes an in-cut, and he's running basically a shallow cross right at the goal line. And you see the corner, the safety, and even the backside safety jump him. Like, they knew, like, hey, we're going to Jefferson. They're going to go to Jefferson, right? It's like, you know, when you're playing against Julio Jones or you're playing against DeAndre Hopkins, like, they're going to their guy. And so you saw all three of those guys collapse on him right in the center of the field, and it just allowed BB to take that one extra cut and the guy got flat-footed a little bit because he thought he had help back in the middle of the end zone, but that safety bit hard on Jefferson, and they were able to throw it up over his head to BB. I mean, I, I was really happy BB was able to catch that and make up for the muff because, man, mm -hmm. it would have been a long week in Minneapolis for that man if he wouldn't have done that. And like you said, when you win, all is forgiven, right? Like, from, from the general public, like he's still getting cussed out in the meeting room. But, like, the general public, all is forgiven. But that was 100% because Jefferson ran that cross, and you saw three guys – and I'm, I'm going to film some of these breakdowns. I'll put them on Twitter later today or uh, maybe tomorrow and just kind of show you what I, as I talk through it, what it actually looks like as you're watching it. Um, but it's pretty cool to see that the respect and, and what that Jefferson has earned from other defenses here over the last few weeks. I think he's in the red. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility 
flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S., Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I mean, he's all 100%. Yeah. He's in the red. He's, he's in the red. Like, he's a superstar. There's no doubt about it. Now my question now is, what does he do in the offseason? Does he do kind of like what some guys do where they think, I've arrived? Mm-hmm. Or is he the kind of guy that's like, I'm going right back to work be even better than I was last year? Which, for me, he seems like the kind of guy that's going to go right back to work. You know, for some reason, I um, don't think Mike Zimmer will pump him up as if he's a star just yet. No. He probably, will not. Probably he not. will not. Probably not. Because uh, even Zimmer yesterday said something like, well, he's he's good. You know, can he be great? And I'm like, I think he's pretty great. But, okay. He wouldn't even call Everson great, man. Come on. That's right. That's he right. Was, Everson yeah. wasn't great. And he was like the Vikings leading sacker. I felt like there might have been some uh, past frustration there that got taken out in a, a – in a press conference, but anyway, so yeah. Um, when it, when it comes to Jefferson though, it was great to see in terms of like clearing that last hurdle of if you're the only guy out there, who's a star, can you make everyone better? Can you draw the attention? Can you still win? And his route at the goal line and the second touchdown, I mean, it was just unreal. And then he breaks a linebacker tackle. Like, it really speaks to – I think that at LSU, maybe we didn't fully realize how strong the dude is. I mean, he's like that complete combination of being fast. He can go from full speed to a stop really quickly. But then to just shred the tackle of a linebacker at the goal line, like, wow. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good things going on there. So now answer this question before we get to love to see it, hate to see it. Playoffs, Jeremiah? No, not unless this what? defense, unless this defense can really turn a corner and and play good against. Uh, we lost to the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, I mean, come on. I mean, I watched the Cowboys play the other night, and I was like, we lost to these guys. Like, and so we are way too inconsistent for the NFL playoffs. I'm sorry. Like, playoff teams are consistent football teams, unless you're in the NFC East. Like that, that's the only way. Like unless you're in the NFC, <laughs> yeah. it's like all right, well, flip a coin, whichever one of you idiots want to take it, sure. But I mean, we are in a good division with I think the Packers obviously win the division. It's not even close. Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. And then you look across it, like who's ahead of us? It's like, dude, those guys are playing consistently good football. Like a couple of those losses those guys have against each other, other playoff teams. Like when we play playoff teams, we're gonna get beat by them. 
Like, everyone looks at Seattle, right? Everyone looks at the Seattle game and, and is like, okay, like, maybe Seattle's a little beautiful, but it's like, dude, when they're on, man, they're they're on. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just like when we're on, we're okay. Right. You know, like, and right. I think that's the yeah. difference. Like, when the Vikings are hitting on all cylinders, offense, defense, they're okay. Versus you look at these teams that are hit when they're on, like, no one can beat them, right? And that night, no one's touching them because they're all firing. And I think that's the biggest difference between the elite, like, playoff teams and then just the guys kind of hanging around in that middle pack right now. I totally agree. The only thing is that the NFL decided we need more playoff revenue, and now they <laughs> are every year going to let a bad team in the playoffs every year. And, I mean, with the NFC East, now this year it's going to be two. Two. Because I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Arizona's good. I mean, I think they're okay. You don't? I don't think they're. I don't think they're really good. I think they're, I think they're good. okay. I think they're just fine. Like, first of all, Kyler has been a little disappointing to me. I mean, his running has been amazing, but his passing has been a little disappointing. And they don't have a great defense. They kind of have some of the same problems that the Vikings do. Like, they've got weapons that make Kyler better than he's played, but they have these inconsistencies. They've lost. What is it? Uh, three out of the last four or something. If it, if they don't get a hail Mary, then it's they're Buffalo. really falling apart, you know? So um, losing to new England to me was a test for them that they did not pass because new England is not a good team. New England almost lost to the freaking jets. So right. I, I look at it as Arizona is every bit as con- inconsistent as the Vikings. It's just yeah. that the NFL playoffs had something going for it that no other league did, which is they only let the good teams in, in the right. past. And now they said, let's just, let's just, come on, you crappy team, let's let you in. I mean, the 8 7 and 1 2018 Vikings would have made the playoffs in this format. And I think we all know, like, that was not a great team. So, right. yeah. I, I will I say, mean, Arizona, awesome. Arizona losing Chandler Jones was huge. Huge. Like, that's a game changing type guy. And I think that is one of the main reasons they have fallen off as much as they have is because they, and it goes to show you how important a Daniil Hunter or how important a, Everson was to a defense like everyone thinks like oh you lose a D lineman like no 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 like the Rams lose Aaron Donald that defense is totally different than what mm-hmm. they are right now like you saw the Bears right the Bears lose Akeem Hicks yeah, dudes are gashing them up the middle mm-hmm. like one player on a defensive team makes way more difference than one player on an offense in my opinion um the uh also their their nose tackle arizona's um it was pretty good and i think he got hurt too so like mm-hmm. they've had they've had that problem for sure and um you know i just i think they're very similar to the vikings if a few things bounce one way or the other vikings could be six and five arizona could be five and six like they're kind of the same team neither deserves to be in the playoffs but it could happen because it is now the new format in 2020 so all right uh love to see it hate to see it um where do you want to start Maybe you go ahead. Your, your, do you want to start with your college football team or? Oh gosh, dude. that's not going super well. You know the, what though? The, I will. Def- I will defend you in this way. <clears throat> okay. That everyone blames Nebraska for wanting football back. Everybody wanted college football back. All right? right. Like you had Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Like I don't know, marching outside or whatever, saying "Bring football back." Like it wasn't just Nebraska. It's funny to make fun of them for leading the way, of course. But I don't think you deserve to like carry that. Um, I'm gonna say, hate to see it with the the Broncos quarterbacks. Mm. What are you doing? Follow the rules. You don't have to agree with the rules. That's not how rules work. You don't have to think, oh, well, you know, whatever. I really take this virus seriously. You don't have to do that. 
You just have to follow the rules that are laid out. You just have to put something across your little face, and then you get to play. If you're the quarterback of the team, all of the quarterbacks, um, you, you have to be a leader in that way. Even Kirk is wearing the mask on the sideline to make sure that he can't be taken out of the game that way. And the backup quarterbacks, Brett Rippon, what are you doing? Like, you might get a chance to play. And, and you're going to put that at risk, and you're going to force somebody else into a horrible situation. I think it was really, really embarrassing for them. And then Drew Locke's mom has something to oh, say. Oh, that was it. great. That was great, dude. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, they should be trading for or drafting a quarterback this year because that ain't your franchise quarterback. So my love to see it is in the college football world, and I want you to hang with me here. So I've been looking at the numbers in the Big Ten, right? So here, here's what I think is going to happen. Ohio State's going to get one more game canceled. So they're going to go 5-0. and mm -hmm. And they're not going to be eligible to play in the Big Ten Championship. You're going to have Northwestern playing against a, a wounded Indiana. Northwestern's then going to win the Big Ten Championship. Mm -hmm. Right. Who do you then let into the college football playoff? Do you let the one-loss Northwestern team? Or do you take the 5-0 and Big Ten champion, by the way? Or do you take the 5-0 and Ohio State team? Ohio State. But can you? Hand can you take a team in? No, no, no. I'm Hear trying to put the best teams in. There's no way that Northwestern is better than Ohio State. They're ranked high enough to do it. That's that, and that's where it is. The first playoff ranking came out. They're ranked high enough to do it. Did they, I think they lost this weekend, though, didn't they? Didn't they lose to State? Who's that? Uh, Northwestern? Uh, um, I, I could be wrong. But anyways, I, I love to see the fact that Ohio Statens are starting to panic a little bit. Yeah, just, sure, a little, yeah. just a little yeah. bit of tingle in their spine of like, oh, God, could this actually happen? Like, could we really not make the college football playoff with Justin Fields and Alave and all these dudes? And, like, just the pure panic in some of those, like, message boards have made me really, really happy. So that's the, the ironic hate to see. Oh, you hate to yep. see all those. Oh, you hate yeah, to just, see what a, it. What a darn shame. Now, uh, I will say for love to see it, and this one is not the greatest sports victory of all time, but Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back off the bench with Tua Hurt and winning another football game. The ultimate all-time pro journeyman quarterback, the most likable guy, but also, you know, just good, right? And never gets an opportunity to play with good teams. Finally does in Miami, gets benched for the rookie, comes back as the pro that he is, plays really well, and beats the New York Jets. Good for you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Love to see it. My last hate to see it is poor NBC. So NBC <laughs> yes. I, I'm reading why we're playing on Wednesday at 3.40 for the NFL game, right? Like, mm -hmm. what, yeah. what are we doing? And, and NBC, I think it's NBC, comes out with, well, we want to make sure that we get the game in before the tree lighting at Rockefeller Center on TV because everyone really wants to watch that. I do. No, that's a lie. You, I, want you, I want you to I tell me right lights. now. I want you to tell me right now. If that game is on at prime time, on prime time versus the tree lighting, you're going to mm -hmm. tell me the tree lighting is going to win? Um, Negative. Maybe. Wrong. No, that's no horrible take. People that is I want to sit at home on a Wednesday night, not a Wednesday afternoon, and watch NFL football of what could have been one of the better games played this year. Now, granted, it probably won't because of all the crap, but I hate that they're like, well, we want to make sure we get the tree lighting ceremony. And man, call me Scrooge, call me Bah Humbug, whatever. Give me football at nighttime, not an afternoon game. Wow. Especially for a religious man such as yourself to not celebrate the season. <laughs> Oh, I'll celebrate the season. I don't care about no tree lighting. Who gives a crap?
Uh, yeah, I don't either. It's It just is the silliness of this season. Right. At some point, you reach a threshold of, like, this whole thing's not legit. And the same <laughs> thing with you're talking about. If, if Northwestern is in the college football playoff, it's not legit, okay? And the same thing goes for this. If you got teams playing on Wednesday and other teams starting wide receivers who are on the practice squad and were, like, working at Coles before this, I mean, this is not legit NFL football season, okay? Although, I mean, how about if you're the Saints? You're like, oh, I got to take that week off. So feel yeah. good. And we're all feeling pretty good after that. But, I mean, it's just we are teetering on this thing has become kind of a disaster. And I think that their absolute refusal to reschedule games for a week 18 or to change things around, you have even that week in between the Super Bowl that you could have changed and just played the Super Bowl one week after the playoffs. You can do that um, to not have any built-in plan for when this inevitably happened was a was a fail. I think that overall they've done a good job, but you knew at some point you were going to reach this and then they just said, "No, sorry Broncos, <laughs> go play with your, you know, guy no one's ever heard of playing quarterback." And and shout out to that guy. I mean, dude, 100% it. 100%, dude. You know, he was sitting at home chilling, like, ah, oh, weekend off, practices. <laughs> I was over there, like, hey, dude, uh, I think you played quarterback like three years ago at college. Uh, you're going to start for us this weekend at quarterback. <laughs> Excuse me? Ex- so you guys me? would have practiced the emergency quarterback situation, right? Never. Never? Really? Wow. I mean, why would you? I don't know. I thought, like, what, maybe in, one in day what, in camp, you in what world? Jared in what world does all of your quarterbacks get hurt? Not just, like, I'm talking all of them. Usually you have like three on active, maybe one on practice squad, two active. Usually you have three. Like maybe if something happened where like a bomb fell from the sky and only landed <laughs> in the quarterback room, like, okay, sure. Yeah. Like contingency plan, right? That never happens. You don't expect on like a Thursday to be like, hey, none of your quarterbacks can play. Just none of them. No. So I know no, the Bills do something different where they keep from away from the facility on Friday and Thursday, I think. Oh, do uh, they? Yeah, okay, I think like he's he has to stay away and can only do meetings. Which, dude, congratulations! That's the yeah, point. right. But like again, that's them being smart. I don't Watch think the Broncos Netflix the rest of the day. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos have a very smart organization going out there. It's it's not in a, it's not a great spot. Um, the Vikings did say that they they're not isolating like Nate Stanley or anything. So I don't know. As if it would matter whether just it's, follow the rules. Yeah, just follow it's the. Not rules. that hard. It's not that hard. I don't like it. No one likes it. No. I mean, it's the same thing like you don't you follow the speed limit. Doesn't mean you like it. Still <laughs> got to do it. Right. Right. Although my Honda Civic won't clear the speed limit no matter oh, what. Uh, I will just give you one more love to see it. And uh, please, I love to see the Detroit Lions making the right decision. Oh, I took, knew you were it took a it very long time for you to come around to it. But Matt Patricia should not have had a job this year after the way that his first two seasons went, the fact that they gave him this much rope was kind of unbelievable. Um, the most inept head coach I think I've ever seen. Wow. Considering that they have a lot of talent on that team. There are a lot of good players. You have a good quarterback. You have some good weapons, a decent to good offensive line. You've got some good players on the defensive side. And you are one of the worst teams in the entire NFL because your coach is a joke. That is what Matt Patricia is, a joke. And for whatever reason, it took him this long to get to it. But congratulations, Lions. For one of the first times in your history, you did something right. 
I love. I saw an article today. It was like, is is Matt Stafford the head coach killer of the Detroit Lions? It's like, dude, you can't pin this on Stafford, dude. Like that right. dude has just done so much for that organization. Like, don't don't try and find like it was his fault. It was Patricia's fault. You can't go everywhere and be Bill Belichick. It's it's showing. Granted that Flores is probably the one guy that's having some decent success with mm-hmm. it down there in Miami. But again, how long can that last when you don't have the championships behind you to back it up? Yep, yep. And maybe Flores isn't trying to be like a psycho bully. So that could also be – or maybe he changes up his defense. I mean, they – they're three years – I looked this up. They're three years past defense in quarterback rating against 31st, 27th, 27th for a defensive genius. Hmm. Okay. Mm. You know who's sad, though? Kirk. Kirk is sad. He annihilated oh. them every yeah. time. He's like, oh, man coverage? Thank you. Well, we also talked about this. This is the perfect storm for them walking in here at the end of the year and beating the Vikings. That's true. We talked about this. Like, they're going to get a regime change and get a little bit of a spark, a little bit of a juice here at the end. And, like, it might even be for that eight seed, but I still stand by my Detroit wins the last game of the year just because that's what Detroit does. That That is such a good take. Jeremiah Searles, as always, great. And if you're going to throw out those um, – those uh, breakdowns on Twitter, give your Twitter handle, sir, so people can check yes. them out. Yes, yeah, so check me out at Searles71 underscore HSKR um, on Instagram at jsearles 71 I will break down some of these stuff and throw it out there on Twitter. I'm still trying to think of a clever name for my breakdown segments. I mean, everyone has like the Baldi's breakdowns. Sure, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have a clever name, tweet it at me too. I, I don't know. I'm thinking of like something back to like something review the tape or Husking the a, tape. Upon, upon further review, something like that. So we'll figure it out. Tape husking. All right. Tape husking. The tape <laughs> husker. The tape husker. That, the tape husker. I love it. I'll <laughs> talk to you next week, Jeremy. I'll see you, boys.